Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezes Hashem, um, BPJ number 42, that's Bias Primi Joint Share number 42, we're in eight dates by John and Julie Gottman and Doug and Rachel Abrams, and we're on the third date, which they call in this chapter, Let's Get It On, it's about sex, physical intimacy, and those topics. Before I start this, I want to say something that's quite important. In the previous Shiorim, we talked about date number two which was addressing conflicts, which is about agreeing to disagree. And we emphasize very much that even though this that particular subject seems more uncomfortable, more unpleasant, because you're dealing with differences, but it is so important when you get through that and you learn how to discuss differences in, in a calm, loving way, is the key to get closer. In a certain way, that date gets you even closer beyond these other dates, uh, but it is, of course, uh, uh, uncomfortable for many people, especially those people that don't that that were brought up with the avoidance uh, type of personality, um, that in the attachment theory, the ones that are avoidant, where people tend to run away from problems, but when they face it in a calm, mature way, they can grow. This particular date is very interesting because you would think, oh, this is more fun. We're talking about uh, physical intimacy. We're talking about sex. We're talking about enjoyment and pleasure. And this would be a something that everyone would be interested in, in, in doing and, and going for. But the truth be told, and it's just very interesting how human nature works, this date number three, this concept of communicating and working towards enhancing the sexual and physical intimacy is sometimes even more difficult for couples to approach than the previous date when you were dealing with disagreements and things like that. And there's many, many reasons behind it in human nature. One of it is because this is very personal. This is very vulnerable. You know, in the other date where, yes, you're talking about disagreements, but you could, like, business partners, you could talk, I feel this way, you feel that way, you're respectful. For some people, that's easier than talking about these type of subjects that are very vulnerable, that are dealing with such a personal thing. And it is very, very important. This date is very, very important. And we talked about in the past, we're not going to get into it now, but it is not a steward to tzniyas. There's a way you can convey it in a sneistic way where what you express, what's needed and what's wanted and to explain what you both like and what you don't like in the, in the way the intimacy is happening now and how to make things better. It gives you a good framework to have a real talk in a, he- in a very, very healthy way. And this is a way to communicate of what you like and what you don't like in, in the interacting in the physical uh, sense. And it helps you become more open and it helps you become more comfortable. And that is very, very important. Can you speak to Arav if you have any questions about various things? Uh, People are told so many different things in different cultures and different ways they're taught about these aspects. But the idea is, without getting graphic, is that you try you there is sometimes an inion to try different things to work to do things in different ways that would create more uh, that this experience should be a much more pleasurable experience to make it more fun and to make it where you really really connect 
And that's truly what the Kedusha is. Sometimes people follow a routine and they do the same thing again and again and again. Sometimes it doesn't mean you have to experiment and do things crazy all the time. But the idea being is that there needs to be heschachis. There needs to be sometimes, especially if you're just uh, in, in a one mode, to really open up and express what you really could use to make it more feel more spontaneous, to feel that it should be more exciting, to feel that certain aspects of the physical intimate act is not neglected, you don't feel neglected. Sometimes they feel neglected because they just do their thing in a very routine way and it leaves the person, husband or wife, empty and, 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 and lacking a certain satisfaction. And it is not just merely physical, it's an emotional aspect to, and, and, it's, and many, many couples say very often is that they do miss having more intimate time together. They do miss the flavor of the intimacy, that it became more routine. They drifted apart or became more a habit. And they miss the time where it was exciting and fresh. And it's very, very important to maintain that and figure out ways to enhance that aspect to it. There could be humor when you discuss this conversation doesn't have to be uncomfortable. This conversation does not need to be awkward. does not have to be with this tremendous seriousness. You could approach the conversation with a pleasantness, with a lightness, with an honesty, and, and you could really, really be very, very comfortable with each other. In the beginning, if you never bro- broach the subject, it could be difficult in the beginning, but once you start getting used to having conversations about this, it's a matter of the communication of it to understand that you love each other and you want to make each other feel loved and you want to give each other the pleasure, physical pleasure and emotional pleasure. And what's normal with this is what is normal. Normal is whatever works for you and your wife or you and your husband. Don't put into your brain what you think other key couples may or may not be doing. It's not a concept of jealousy here. It's not a, compli- a, 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 a it's not a matter of what other couples do things differently or not differently. It's really not important. The important thing is you yourself, your as a husband, as a wife, and your partner, as a husband, as a wife. What works for the both of you, irregardless of what you think other people do or don't do. Now, we talked about how the physical intimate act needs to be very special and very warm and very unique, and that is true. We should always try to make it special. But it's a myth to say that it's always deeply romantic all the time. It's just not not that way. He brings down interesting that the comprehensive... This comprehensive uh, University of Chicago study that 80% of married couples have physical relationship only a few times a month or more. 30% of, 32% of those report having physical intimacy two or three times per week, and 48% reporting having it a few times per month. So it's all different ranges of, of frequency. And it's interesting, by the way, that in the secular world, in the non-Jewish world of married couples, we're not talking about people who cheat or anything like that or do anything crazy, but regular married couples, they have physical intimacy a lot less than from many from couples do. And that part of it has to do with 
atahar samishpacha, and the renewal, of course, the hashkaf of having children. And it's not just the children, it's the matter of the family, family life and so on and so forth. But real couples, it's, 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 it's not always romantic. It's warm, but there has to be a realistic expectations about it all. And the main key, what they talked about here is, is that if you want your relationship to be passionate, to be connected, there's ways to create that connection. There's ways to build that connection. Not to let physical intimacy become that last item on the very end of a long to-do list. And that the final obligation down there is to have physical intimacy, and that time you're totally exhausted. It's very, very important to not have that mindset, to place it higher on the, on the priority list. And like we said many times, when you're a younger couple or when you're young or if both of them have a relatively high libido, then it's, a, it's really a non-issue. They'll, they'll do everything they can to have more physical intimacy. But for most of us, even if we're still relatively young, even when we get high 20s, low 30s, and certainly older, with the stresses of life and everything with the kids and everything else, we lose our passion to a certain degree. We feel less connected. We sometimes drift apart. And it is very, very important to counteract that as much as possible and to make it a priority. And couples who, who, who in their, whatever their date format is with this, idealistically should be in the Torah period where it's possible to have that physical contact because when you're in the Nida period and it's that, you can't talk in certain ways about this subject. You could talk only in more general terms then you know, abiding by halacha of how, how you talk. But the idea being, though, is certainly in the, in the period of, of tahara to, uh, to talk about these things. And sometimes if it's hard to talk about it when you're, you know, table across each other like that, although you can get used to that too, then when it's close to being involved in intimacy, sometimes it's easier to have those conversations. And now we're going to discuss a very important study they said they, they made. It's a study of 70,000 responses from 24 different countries that explained how and why some couples have a greater, what they call greater sex life, which means a more active, vibrant, physical, sexual relationship between a husband and wife in marriage. And it's dependent on all these factors. So I'm going to talk about these factors right now. They're very, very important to practice. They're very, very important to do. It's good to write this down and make a note of it and start working with each other towards it. Number one is saying I love you to their husbands or wives every day and meaning it. You think, what does that have to do with sex? What does that have to do with actual physical intimacy? It may show a friendship, right? I love you. I care about you and mean it. So, But does that translate necessarily into a more enhanced and more beautiful and more active sexual connection? The answer is absolutely it does. When you say you love you to your husband, to your wife, every day, and you mean it, you put your heart into it, it's impossible not for it to penetrate into the other person's heart. And when it penetrates into the person's heart, it penetrates through and through 
into their emotions and into their physical being. Another one is buying surprise romantic gifts or giving gifts, giving special matanis. It doesn't have to be anything expensive, but a beautiful gestures that you make. Complimenting your husband and wife often. The complimenting. These, again, all these things that we're saying now seem not or not directly related to physical intimacy, but it has a deep, deep connection and it's very related. Having romantic vacations, giving each other back rubs, if, if, you know, or, or massages. That's a very, very good tool, by the way. Some people are uncomfortable and sometimes it's just they're not used to it or it bothers them, but very often... And I don't, you know, I don't want to get into much detail behind this, but even when very often this is one of those things that definitely relaxes a person, the back rubs or massages, again, you have to know what you're doing. Some people do it too rough, too soft, but very often what could happen a lot is a husband and wife could give each other these back rubs and massages, and then they explain as they're doing it, oh, this feels good, a little too hard or up here, down here. Um, maybe put more pressure this way. The truth is, you know, even if you technically in the beginning did not know what you're doing, you know, you're doing these back rubs and you're very, uh, you have no idea what you're doing. You don't even know if your spouse, your husband or wife will like it or not like it. And sometimes they may not like it the way you're doing it. And they'll tell you, you know, you're pushing too hard here, make it softer or up, up on the higher back, lower back, however you do it. But if you communicate to each other, don't, in other words, if you start this practice and right away you feel uncomfortable, don't like it, give it some time if you never did this before and say, wait a minute, this may not feel good, but maybe let's try this, maybe let's try that. Till there's a point where you actually will enjoy giving each other these back rubs and these massages because you will, you will get, feel relaxed and you will feel calm and it's a way to connect. It's a beautiful way to connect. Sometimes it will lead to a physical desire and wanting to be physically intimate. Sometimes it will just be an overflowing of emotion, of a deep friendship. Ultimately, it will lead to closer relationship and a closer physical relationship. The next one is very important too. To kiss each other passionately for no reason at all. No reason at all means just because I love you and I care about you. This is also very important. When a husband and wife... Maybe they could talk about it because sometimes a husband and wife, when they're thrown like a curveball, all of a sudden their husband and wife gives them a kiss or, or a passionate kiss. They get defensive or they're not sure what to, what to expect or they think. So you have, sometimes you may need to communicate about it. doesn't mean that we're going to have intimacy right away. You know, if it's like a, the beginning of a night or whatever it is. But, but if it's, it is healthy, and a, and a good suggestion would be is if there's, it's a scheduled night of intimacy anyway, later in the night it's going to happen, to do this once in a while. It says here that 85% of people who love physical intimacy or sex also kiss passionately. It goes hand in hand. It's something that's enjoyable, and it's something that um, creates those hormones and those, those feelings in the brain that wants you to be physically intimate with one another. It's something that's worth practicing, and you could talk about it between yourselves, of how to do this, and it doesn't make a difference. Again, this is not rocket science. 
and and to think that you have to know certain things and you have to be a genius and you have to have a PhD like one of these of of this type of stuff or think you have to be a Hollywood actor or something like that is nonsense. It's something that you as normal, regular, normal, healthy adults work out between yourselves and you get better at it with, with practice and with communicating. Sometimes you don't like being kissed this way, but rather the other way or whatever, whatever it is. Not getting into the details of it. The idea is, is that when you kiss each other passionately because you love them and, 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 and it creates a real deep connection, especially if you do them both, what we said before and now. When you do this, you say, I love you and you mean it. And when you kiss them, that's what you're showing. You're showing that you love them and you mean it. This creates an interest, a very strong spark between the two. To show affection. Now here it says in here, to show affection publicly. Holding hands and caressing and kissing. So we, of course, are tzniyas and we do not do this in public. It's not... It's, it's incorrect to do this in public because it's meant to be a private thing. We talked about this a lot. So we can't say it as it says as over here to do it publicly, but privately, certainly. You hold hands, you caress, you kiss. There are times, for example, if you're on vacation, you could take these little risks. So, for example, if you're, you have, you're going to a nat- natural park, let's say, and you're going in a state park and you're going hiking and there's a trail, and if it's very, very clear that in this trail, even though there may be people behind you, there may be people in front of you, but in the road you're going now, that you look around, there's mamish nobody there, and you hold hands, and you caress and kiss, and, and, and so on. It's a beautiful thing. This is one of the reasons why these vacations are so, so important, because sometimes you have that opportunity to express yourself this way, which is hard to do in day-to-day life. But the truth be told, that even if you can't go away, in day-to-day life, you figure out ways to go about doing this. It's very, very healthy. So we're going to talk more, Belina, in the next year about this subject and about this date and about openly communicating about the physical sexual connection. Um, but it's, it, is, it is a very, very important thing. And again, I will reiterate because, frankly, even though you would think naturally a couple, both husband and wife, would be excited and interested in wanting to discuss these things and wanting to explore sexuality and wanting to explore the giving of pleasure and the receiving of pleasure. But for many couples that are not used to it because of cultural reasons, other reasons, misplaced sneeze, not understanding what Kedusha really is, not understanding that this is a tachlis in and of itself, not because it's an end in and of itself. But it's a tachlis because HaKadosh Baruch Hu put this in this world and he wants you to connect this way. So Mamela, you know, till you get that hashkafa, and plus because you often see that it was the sexual aspects were so misused and so corrupt, so now that it becomes part of our lives and, and married life, it's very hard to put the two and two together and all of a sudden say that now something that was still now a negative thing is now a beautiful thing. So a lot of people, frankly, have difficulty with this type of date, with this type of communication. But if you stick to it and you work through it, it's, it, it becomes a tremendously beautiful thing. We're going to be mamshich on this Bezaz Hashem in the next year. Baruch